0: Hey, everyone, before we get into this juicy little episode here, I do want to shout out the Twitter real quick. I know I've been doing this at the end of episodes, but it doesn't really seem to be working. So if you're listening to this right now and you either have never heard of us before and this is your first episode, welcome. We're First Down Rundown. Follow us on Twitter to see kind of some clips to get a little preview of what you're going to be getting into with listening to us. If you have been listening to us and haven't followed the Twitter yet, it is First Down RD Pod. It's at First Down RD Pod. Also, if you just look up First Down Rundown Podcast on Twitter, it should pop up as well. The logo or the profile pic is the same as our logo for Apple's podcasts and Spotify and everything like that. So yeah, if you guys could just do that for us, that would be great. We're trying to grow our platform on Twitter. I think that's really how we're going to get our best exposure. And so, if you guys could give us kind of a base of a following, that would be great. Again, we're going to be posting pretty consistently on there. We already have been. So, it would be great if you guys could give us a follow. But with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Let's get right into it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Bozar, he's Matt Bozar. Finally back to just the regular two brothers on the on the podcast today. Really excited about it. We're going to be talking some NFL draft. It just ended today. Today is Saturday, April 30th. So, we just got done with the draft a few hours ago and yeah, all seven rounds are in the books, are in the books and we have a lot to say about it. There was a lot of surprises, some not really surprising things, but we're going to go over most of the most of the hot topics and then some of the more kind of hidden topics that may some of you may not have heard about or you know read up on yet but yeah that's our that's our girl today and then we're going to go through some NBA because the first round is over every every team or every series has finished by now so yeah we're going to head into the second round of the playoffs tomorrow I think is the is the first day of that and that'll be fun to get into as well Matt how are you doing?
1: Yeah, it has been a while since it's just been us too. It's kind of kind of weird, but good because obviously um, it was funny. I I've actually I've actually moved uh, since the last time we recorded a podcast together, um, and and we were gonna do you know the, the big draft extraordinaire all together. And I was kind of you know I was busy. I was driving back and forth. I was you know all doing all this stuff, and yeah. And Hayden was like, oh, you know, we'll try to make it work. And I was like, honestly, dude, I will not. Provide any more quality, I will actually lessen the quality of the podcast as compared to obviously Ishan and, and Az, who did a great job, um, you know, providing their their insight on the draft and and they hit on a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, just hearing what they said and then kind of watching the draft and you know watching the first yeah. round on Thursday night it was pretty accurate. So they, uh, that was definitely, that was definitely good. Um, yeah. So went through the move. It was, you know, it was what it was. My, the place that I was living at before is, is I'm actually glad to be on because it's one of those, like, you know, the building is so old and there's no, it's so you can only, for those of you who are looking to get an apartment anytime soon, just get, live in a newer ish building because the struggles that I've dealt with with the 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 less built old buildings first of all well really the biggest problem is that there there's only there's a heating and an AC system but only one works at the at, a, at at a time and so like in the winter they have the heat and in the summer they have the AC which is fine but the problem is when they're switching from heat to AC or vice versa the other nothing works it's it's just there's just no air and so like this past week was like the the full like the full range of everything where I can't turn on my heater AC there's just no air in the apartment which is fine because you know during the day it's like 60 okay cool um but I think like on Monday of this week it was like 80 and so I'm like sweating at night and I'm like have like three fans blowing on me and then two days later it's like 32 at night and I'm like tiny Tim in Christmas Carol like with the oven on like chestnuts roasting on an open fire but my chestnut the chestnuts are my hands because I'm like so cold so yeah it was uh it, it was it's been a it's been a process but we're here right we're still grinding as he had mentioned the draft finished uh today and the NBA playoffs begin second round begin um tomorrow so it's, it's we're kind of in this good transition period here um and and you know we're ready to get into all the all the latest news and, and everything's going on
0: Yes. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Matthew's hands. Yeah. 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 Poor, poor Matthew sleeping, sleeping in a cold apartment. But yeah, I was speaking about that episode that, that we last had with AZ and Ishan. That was a really good episode. I actually, my, our dad listens to every one of our episodes, you know, one of our biggest fans out there. Shout out to him. We might have him on an episode in the future. He keeps on asking us and I keep on telling him that he can come on, but I don't know. He might be a little bit scared coming on. I don't, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, he told us that he thinks that that episode was actually one of our best so far, which is a pretty big compliment. I feel a little bit bad because I didn't, I didn't even preface why Matt wasn't on that episode too. I kind of just said like, Oh, it's actually not your two hosts. It's just me. And I just skipped over why Matt wasn't on the podcast, but I, I just, had to get into it it was really busy day for me actually and so yeah that was kind of bad on my part but well and now you
1: guys know why I wasn't on there because my my hands were chestnuts roasting on an open fire all right that's right
0: (laughs) that's right or not roasting on open fire because there was a fire to be roasted under seven
1: blankets
0: (laughs) that's right all right well with that being said we are going to get into our NFL draft recap so here we go First things first, we, we are going to talk about, I want to talk about at least who we think each of us thinks won the draft this year or had pretty much the best draft. And I'm going to go first. And I think that my answer is a little bit different than a lot of answers that I've been seeing on the Internet. And I've been talking about the draft with my friends. That's all I've been watching and all I've been talking about with my friends for the past couple of days. And they have a lot of different answers than me. I don't know. I don't exactly know what Eshawn's um, winner of the draft was. I don't know, Don't know if I've even heard that from him, but my winner of the draft is the jets. And it's kind of like a cop-out answer almost. Cause they had, they ended up having three first round picks, which is a lot of first round picks, but they kind of deserve them and they definitely need them because you know, their, their team is just not there yet. Um, they, their offense is surprisingly good and they, it just got better with adding Garrett Wilson and also Isaiah, um, Isaiah, not, not Isaiah Spiller. Um, no, Oh, it was breeze, uh, breeze hall, Hall. breeze hall. Yeah. Sorry. Um, they ended up getting, getting him and yeah, that, I don't know why they did that because they have Michael Carter and they have a pretty good backfield, but I guess they just needed a kind of a bigger back, but I think that they won the draft because yeah, dude, they ended up getting sauce Gardner at four, which I don't think anybody thought was going to happen. I don't know why the Texans went with um, Derek Stingley because that, I don't know, that just wasn't, that wasn't the pick in my opinion. If, if you were going to go with a cornerback that early, which I understand, I totally understand that Texans doing that because they pretty much just needed anything. They were definitely the most best available team in the draft this year. And so, yeah, they went with Derek Stingley, which was a little bit weird because we haven't seen much from him, anything from him since 2019, And Sauce Gardner, you know, perhaps gave the best performance of any quarterback in any in in all of college football history. So it was a little bit weird seeing Sauce Gardner fall to four. And I totally get why the Jets didn't even go um, with Kayvon Thibodeau or anything or anybody like that. Because, yeah, if Sauce Gardner was still on the board, that was the best way to go. So they got they ended ended up getting Sauce Gardner and then Garrett Wilson at what was it like? seven or 10 or uh, 10, I think. Um, and then they got, it was a 26th pick. They traded up for it and they ended up getting Jermaine Johnson who dropped all the way down to 26, which was insane. He, did, there's always that one guy that slides down in the, in the draft. Um, and you could argue that, you know, Malik Willis and the other quarterbacks slid as well. But Jermaine Johnson was one of those guys that was basically like a surefire top 20 pick at least, maybe even top 15. I saw on a lot of draft boards and he ended up falling to 26 and fell right to the the jets. I'm sure they traded up for that. They, they saw that and they, you know, they said, we're not going to wait any longer. Let's just trade up and get him right now. And they ended up getting him and that, that was a great pick. Yeah. And then they had one of the first picks in the second round, which was, um, which they, you know, they picked Brees Hall with, which again, I don't think that they needed him that much, but if they believe that that was the best pick at that time and he was definitely the best running back in the draft. So um, yeah, I, you know, I commend them for that. They are in the Patriots division. So I hate saying it, but they could be a contender this year. Like they, again, it's they're rookies and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give too much hype to them because like Garrett Wilson's probably going to start um, and Brees Hall might start as kind of like an early down back and Sauce Gardner, I bet you will start as well. And then Jermaine Johnson will will also probably start. But again, like these guys, I think people hype up up the draft a lot um, in terms of how the team will do next the next year. Like these guys are just getting you to the NFL. So I don't know if they're going to be top tier or not even top tier, but I don't don't even know if they're going to be like mid tier. They might still be the Jets that we know and love. the jets that don't do well at all, but, um, but they've definitely got a bright future ahead. I think that they had the best draft by far. Um, you could make some other arguments here with, with, with some other teams, but I want to see what Matt has in mind.
1: I think, I mean, yeah, I think you're right with the jets. Um, I, I think you're spot on. They got three of probably the top 15 players in the entire draft and yeah, they had two top 10 picks. So, you know, right. But if you have those top 10 picks, you gotta, you gotta cash in on them. Um, I'm going to go I'm going to go with another team I'm going to pick the Ravens I think obviously I, I think most people are going to say either the Jets or the Eagles um, just because I think of what the Eagles did not only in the players they drafted but obviously also players that are already in the league aka AJ Brown um, but I think that the Ravens did a great job drafting players who will be good for that organization as they always do right I mean you know they drafted Ray Lewis, they drafted, Ed, you know, Ed, uh, Ed Reed, all these guys who are in the Hall of Fame, basically. Um, and so I think that but when you when you really kind of break it down, obviously, so they got Kyle Hamilton at, at, uh, at 14. He I think is probably a top five talent in terms of just like the impact that he brought to that Notre Dame defense. And he's like a cam chancellor type of safety where he's like six four two twenty, um, And he, and he lays the boom, but he also can run. And I think that that was kind of the knock on him going into the draft was that he ran, he ran like a four, five, seven or four, five, nine or something um, 40 yard dash at the combine. And so people were like, ah, you know, he doesn't have the speed. Obviously he has the body type, but I'm like, honestly, like if, if the guy's producing And you can see him on a field and you're watching the tape and he's doing all like for whatever 40 time it is like he's able to get to the ball or the ball carrier or, you know, wherever he needs to be, you know, despite not having maybe the fastest, you know, 40 yard dash at one, you know, random field in Indianapolis. So I think that, you know, I think that for, for what they got for the player that he could potentially be it honestly like we talked about ed reed that that's kind of the player that i that i see him turning into um and i think that you know i think that's he also has potential to be like an like outside linebacker type deal too where it's like he can kind of play wherever and i think that's kind of the advantage to uh to that there with 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 kyle hamilton and then um the reeves took tyler linderbaum I, I think it was 26 or 27 late in the first round who he's a center from Iowa. And, you know, obviously we all know that Iowa's a, a running football team and, you know, they, they breed their offensive linemen. Like it's like, it's no tomorrow. Um, and, and a ton of offensive linemen had gone, uh, you know, before Tyler Winderbaum, obviously he's a center, right? So he, he's not going to have the size and, and, and comparability in terms of just, you know, overall raw, raw, you know, size and, and, you know, something that you can build off of. As a, as as you will with a tack, you know, a huge tackle, right? But like if the guy's gonna play center in the NFL, that's totally fine. And I actually saw this, I think they said it on the broadcast where I think it was like every center that's been drafted in the first round for like the last 10 years mm-hmm. has been signed to a second contract with that same team that they were drafted with. So it's yeah. like clearly if you're gonna draft a center, they can play in the NFL, and you know, obviously they're you know, they're 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 smart, they know where the ball's going. And so I think that that's, that's a really good sign for, you know, for kind of solidifying the offensive line uh, of the Ravens going forward. And obviously we know how the Ravens offense works, which is mainly focused on the run. And, and, you know, if, if you can have a guy in there kind of, you know, right from the start to, to, to kind of gather everything else and, and make sure that that run game goes smoothly. I think that's a great pick too. And then their first second, their their first second round pick. So the, in the second round, their first pick uh, was David Ajabo who like, also fell because he tore his Achilles in, uh, in, in, uh, in their practice or pro day or whatever it was a couple months ago. And so, you know, you're kind of gambling on whether or not he'll be able to play right away, but at at the same time, like, you know, the Ravens are probably gonna make the playoffs this year. It's not like they need, you know, starting, you know, outside linebackers immediately. Like they can definitely make this a a kind of a project almost and, and kind of work this out later on. So I think that, for, for the pieces that the Ravens got and like the needs that they have, I think w- like the, the players that they drafted and the positions and what they're planning to do with these guys are, are, are is really like stands out to me as, as something that, you know, was really good in the draft. Obviously, as I mentioned, there were like nine trades in the first round with like, you know, teams moving all over the place. And, and we'll get into that a little bit more. But I think that just from a sheer like, you know, it's your pick. And you got to pick the player that's going to suit your team best, or at least best for your situation, um, and and like combined with the upside that that player has to actually perform at an NFL level. I think the Ravens killed it.
0: Yeah, for sure. They they definitely played the whole best available game um, in, in in this draft, which is not something that you see a lot of teams do. That's not how our mock draft went on Tuesday, when Ishan, Az, and I did our mock draft. We we really focused our picks around which team needed who and which team needed what position. But yeah, the Ravens just went out there and, and pulled the trigger on Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton. And then, you know, again on, on Tyler Linderbaum, who, if you've ever watched tape on Tyler Linderbaum, like, yeah, he's a little bit small, but he's a, he's still a big body and he is nasty dude. Like he, he just pancakes guys. He's one of those guys that, plays until the whistle and plays after the whistle too. So he might have to, you know, clean a little bit of that up in the in the NFL because can't really do that as much in the NFL. But yeah, he, let me tell you, he is nice. Um, and so I think you're going to really see the Ravens benefit from that because again, the Ravens that had the number one rushing offense, I think uh, a couple, two years ago. So that's, you know, that's right up their alley. So that's, that's definitely, I like that pick by Matt. Um, for yeah, the
1: and I think, and I think the one thing I forgot to mention was obviously they traded away Hollywood Brown, right, to the Cardinals, yeah. and so that was kind of, I guess, the negative. But it's like at the same time, I mean, you know, they have Rondell Moore, they have guys on the outside. I don't think they. I mean, I don't know, I guess in terms of receivers, that's probably kind of the the area that they're most lacking. And I think that that was honestly apparent even last year and kind of in the past couple of years um, ever since Lamar Jackson got the, got the MVP was, you know, he doesn't really have that many people to throw to him. And he was throwing to like Willie Sneed and stuff, you know, and and obviously they had the the tight end position solidified with Mark Andrews, but you know, and, and they want to run a more, you know, run focused offense, but you're going to need those receivers on the outside. And I think that giving away your clear number one, um maybe not you know maybe maybe not the best move but I don't know I mean the Ravens are always such a solid organization John Harbaugh as much as you know as much as we kind of give him crap like he he ends up he always ends up you know with a good team and, and they're probably going to make the playoffs so um it'll be interesting to see if they make up for 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 Hollywood Brown but I think that that's probably the only negative and you know if if that's what it is and that's fine it's not like Hollywood Brown is having like multiple thousand yard receiving years and like you know he's you know, going to, I think he'll be good with the Cardinals, right. Which is where they traded him. But like, I don't, he just hasn't really produced much um, over the past couple of years really at all Uh, in Baltimore. He was hurt a lot too. So it's, I think that it's honestly one of those things that they clearly said, like we can give this up now because we're planning for the future in terms of, you know, getting our offensive line solidified. And then obviously having, you know, two, you know, studs on the defense to kind of, you know, bring Baltimore back to where it used to be with those defenses.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now next I want to talk about Tennessee and there's really two things to talk about here, two big things. And one is obviously Malik Willis. They got him at pick 86, but I'm going to keep that until a little bit later. I'm going to talk about their trade with the, um, with the Eagles because a lot of people say that the Eagles also kind of won this draft, which is a little bit interesting. They didn't, you know, they didn't draft any like star offensive players really. Um, I think they got a they got a center with their second pick. His name is uh, Cam Jorgens from from Nebraska. I'm sure he's pretty good. I don't really know any, you know, much about him. But yeah, I mean they got Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean. Kobe Dean fell to them in the hundreds it, or no, sorry, 83. They got him at pick 83. So, yeah, but that that was one player that I thought was going to go maybe even in the first round, I thought for sure early second round, if, um, if he fell out of the first round and it was super surprising to not see him go right away yesterday. So yeah, if they, I think Tennessee is one of those teams that like a lot of people are saying, you know, well, they traded away AJ Brown and they are beefing up the Eagles, the Eagles again. Yeah. They got, you know, they got AJ Brown as their quote unquote star uh, offensive player this draft because he technically was part of the draft because he got traded to them during the draft. So, I mean, you could count that as, as almost like a draft pick, but yeah, like I think Tennessee, they try they drafted Traylon Burks and I totally expected them to, to do that at uh, pick number 18. As soon as they, they traded away AJ Brown and Traylon Burks was still there on the board. Everybody was comparing Traylon Burks to, to AJ Brown coming into this draft and That's exactly who they got. So I think that they didn't even really, that wasn't a bad move at all. They're saving a lot of money with that, uh, with that trade. And, you know, Traylon Burks is probably going to end up being pretty much having the same effect on Tennessee. In my opinion, Um, I think AJ Brown was just, you know, he's very injury prone and he, he was, he was basically always hurt there. He played, I don't know. He's probably played like a total of, eight or you know eight to ten games over the past couple of seasons which just isn't something that you want um, especially when you're paying a guy a lot of money and philadelphia is paying him a lot of money too i mean there i think it's like twenty five million a year basically i think it's only 57 million guaranteed over those four years um but it's you know it's up to 100 million that he's gonna earn so he's getting paid a lot but i think that tennessee going with Traylon burks and, and saving all that money is um is, is definitely going to help them in the in the long run and then Malik Willis, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd, I'm i not going to talk about Malik Willis yet. Um, I, I kind of want to talk about some other stuff and then talk about Malik Willis because he happened kind of later in the draft. But, yeah, I'm going to it over to Matt to talk about whatever he wants to talk about. If he wants to talk about the the Titans then he can or the Eagles, whatever you want to do. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'll just mention quickly, I think an under talked about uh, kind of narrative coming out of the draft especially in regards to the aj brown thing a lot of people are saying oh the titans basically just you know traded aj brown for Traylon burks and it's like no not really and hayden did a great job of pointing out the money aspect and if you guys were paying attention to the news obviously you had the debo samuel thing where it's basically like you know i'm not getting paid enough so you know i don't want to play and you know whether that's fair or not we can even talk about that on on a separate podcast AJ Brown was in the same boat. Right. I think there was like, there were, you know, there were reports coming out. He was just going to skip training camp or skip OTAs or whatever, um, because he wanted to get paid more money. And it's like, honestly, like if you're the Titans organization and you're already capped on money and you obviously have, you know, you're like, you're no, they were the number one seed in the AFC going to the playoffs this year. Like they have a solid team. Right. So it's like, you know, obviously AJ Brown is top, probably one of the top, you know, top five receivers in the NFL. So yeah, he's, he's obviously a great talent and you can't compare him to Traylon Burks when Traylon Burks hasn't done anything, but at the same time, it's like, if you're going to save all that money and hassle, because if there's also a chance that like you make all this stuff happen for, you know, for AJ Brown and, and whatever, and then he just like ends up not playing or not playing very well. It's kind of, I think, a uh, you know, one of those reasons where behind the scenes, I think the Titans kind of had to, or they, at least they thought that they kind of had to do this, um, to kind of just get things, you know, get things going. Uh, But I don't think a lot of people were kind of realizing like, you know, it could have been honestly way worse. So the fact that they just got a rookie receiver who's obviously, you know, proven himself, he, he played for Arkansas who like, they weren't, they were okay this past year, but it was like one of those situations where he was clearly the best receiver on a pretty bad team and KJ Jefferson's their quarterback. He's like, okay. But he like, Traylon Burks made KJ Jefferson so it was kind of like the opposite of like the quarterback receiver uh, argument there. So that's kind of my thoughts on the Titans. Obviously, we can get to a little bit later, but I want to focus a little bit on the more on the NFC East. We talked about the Eagles already. Obviously, they, you know, they had a good, they drafted good players and they also acquired um, AJ Brown. Um, but I think that there were other teams in the NFC East that really, you know, also had good drafts. A lot of people were saying, obviously the Giants had the fifth and the seventh pick. They got Kayvon and Thibodeau at five and they got Evan Neal at seven, arguably the best defensive play. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau was supposed to go first overall for like the last year and a half. Right. Um, Evan Neal was, you know, widely regarded as the best offensive lineman coming out of, you know, coming out of this year's draft. So you could argue that they got the best talent on offense and defense coming out of the draft. I think that's a, you know, that's a really good, kind of something that the giants needed to do to kind of just square because they, they wasted the first round pick of Kadarius Tony last year and they've already cut him. It's like, what are you doing? So I think they got, you know, they got the new GM in there. They got the new coach, obviously um, Brian Dable in there too. So I think that they're, they're starting to kind of point themselves in the right direction uh, there. And then obviously the commanders, yes, they have the trade uh, with the saints that was a little weird, but I think that you know, and they have Carson Wentz, so you never really know what's going to happen there. But I think Jahan Dodson, who was their first round pick, is he's he's amazing, like he's one of those guys that, like, I just remember watching, he played for Penn State. I just remember watching all the games last year where you know, obviously, like, Penn State's offense is not anything to write home about, they're not scoring 40 points a game, but it was like any. Anytime Penn State had a big play, he was the guy that was making that play. And it was to the point where he they're playing defenses like, you know, Wisconsin, Auburn, like teams that have really good de- – Iowa have really great defenses. And, you know, the, all these Big Ten games end up being like 10 to 7, and you're like, okay – so when it comes to Penn state, we're going to try to, to defend one guy. And obviously all the defenses were keyed in on defending that one guy who was Jahan Dotson. And he still went off every single game. i remember watching those games. I was like, dude, this guy's just a beast. So I think that, and the Cowboys, I think probably had the worst draft of, of the NFC East teams, but obviously they're probably the best, you know, overall talent wise. They had, you know, like the number one offense last year. So like, they're kind of, I wouldn't expect them to have, you know, a ton of picks and, and, you know, great overall, you know, draft prospectus. But I think that, that's kind of the, the the thing I'm going to throw to Hayden here is like, looks like the NFC East is is you know may not be the worst division in football uh, after after the draft and after kind of you know having a successful or at least kind of a hopeful uh, you know look into next season. Um, obviously, this isn't really saying much because they've just been so bad for the last like, you know, five to 10 years. It's just, you know what? So I think kind of, kind of, I'm going to start to Hayden here to kind of just, I guess, dissect a little bit of, you know, what he thinks the NFC East could be, or if this draft really can change anything. And, and I think probably, the, you know, the, the overwhelming answer here is like, obviously it's not going to change things immediately this year, but kind of, you know, what's, what's the outlook, what are we looking at maybe the next couple of years here, uh, you know, with these teams kind of rebuilding in the NFC East and rebuilding, I would say, you know, probably uh, getting off to a good start at least.
0: Yeah. I, I think that you did a great analysis of, of all the picks that, you know, all, all the big picks that each of those teams had. And I think that again, I mean, the Eagles, like the one thing that I'm looking at, from them this coming year is Jalen Hurts proving that he can be their stable quarterback and that he can, I guess, you know, be their franchise QB at this point. I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan. Jalen Hurts is my favorite college player of all time. Um, I loved him at Alabama and I loved what he did when Tua Tagovailoa took over there and all he did was support Tua and then he moved on to Oklahoma and was great there. So I have nothing but respect for Jalen Hurts. I love him as a quarterback. I love him as a, as a person. Um, and I think I really hope he, he succeeds there. But I think what the Eagles are doing is exactly what the Giants are doing as well. And they're setting their quarterbacks up for a very good season. Um, you know, they got protection for, for – well, the Giants got protection for Daniel Jones with Evan Neal. And then the the Eagles got obviously got A.J. Brown for, for Jalen Hurts. And I think getting a getting those uh, better defensive players in um, in Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean, who also you know both played for Georgia, which will be huge in terms of chemistry reasons and stuff like that. Um, I think get, beefing up a defense on a team is definitely going to help the quarterback too, just in terms of confidence. Um, you know, keeping the quarterback on the field because that's, that's, you know, we always talk about keeping the defense off the field. Is a quarterback able to do that? Well, a defense wants to keep the quarterback on the field because they, you know, obviously that, that gives you a chance to score more points. So that's what I'm looking for from Jalen hurts this year. I really hope that he um, you know, that he kind of steps up this year and, and, and does well. I don't really care about (laughs) Daniel Jones, if, if I'm being honest, like, I think he's had a bunch of chances to step up um, last year. We all said that it was his year to step up and then he didn't have any, any of his receivers for the whole year, which was really unfortunate. But, um, but yeah, I think the giants, like, I mean, I didn't cave on Thibodeau was, was a great choice. I really thought that they were going to try to go corner um, with one of their picks, but again, sauce and, uh, and Derek Stingley got picked before five. So that was, that was a little bit unfortunate for them. I wonder if they would have gone Derek Stingley if he had fallen to them at either five or seven. That's where I, I I had Derek Stingley going to the giants at pick seven um, in the mock draft. So uh, their secondary isn't, isn't the best. So I don't, I don't know if we're going to see the giants um, make as big of a jump as the Eagles will this, this coming season. But yeah, like, I mean, both of those teams are definitely a lot better. Like Matt said, the Cowboys are already kind of solidified as, uh, the front runner in that division, um, and then yeah, Jahan Dotson, like Matt was talking about, a lot of people are kind of doubting him. Um, he's he he's really good, really really good. Az, I think, was talking about how high he was on Jahan Dotson in our last draft episode and our mock draft episode, and yeah, I mean the guy's like five eleven, and he has I think like a six foot four catch radius, which is just insane. Um, pretty much all of his highlights that they showed after after the guy gets picked, they always show like a few highlights of him. And I think like all four of his highlights were a one-handed catch in some shape or form, which is just crazy. Um, Like Matt said, he just takes every games. And so I think he's really going to take a lot of the pressure off of Terry McLaurin, assuming Terry McLaurin signs a, you know, signs a bigger contract with the, with the commanders. I think they will be just fine. It just kind of depends on how Carson Wentz works out there. It's just, that's another thing that like we, I mean, actually we saw Sam Howell go to the, to the Commanders, which was a little, bit, um, a little bit weird, but I don't think he's going to give Carson Wentz a run for his money, really, this year at least. And so we'll probably see Carson Wentz start for the Commanders this year. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the NFC East, like Matt said, he kind of summed it up well. They're definitely going to be a better conference, uh, I mean, a better division, maybe not this year right away, but um, definitely going to be a lot better in a few years, assuming these guys, you know, these, these new rookies step up and do their jobs. So the last thing, and uh, yeah, this will probably be the last thing that we go to for, for NFL is the the whole quarterback situation. So we saw Kenny Pickett go to the Steelers at pick 20. That wasn't really much of a surprise. Um, I think the biggest surprise, like everybody knew that the, that the Steelers were going to go quarterback unless there was two or three of them taken before, before pick 20, but there wasn't any picking. <clears throat> any taken before pick 20. Um, and yeah, they ended up going Kenny Pickett, which was a little bit surprising, but also not really. Cause everybody's been screaming that Kenny Pickett's the most pro ready quarterback in this draft, which I tend to agree with, even though he doesn't have the highest ceiling um, you know, obviously most pro ready is probably where the Steelers want to go. Cause they have Mitch Trubisky starting right now. So <laughs> that's, that's a situation that you want a pro ready guy in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Malik Willis falling to 86 was just so surprising. Desmond Ritter went to the Falcons before Malik Willis was was picked. And I, I want to kind of just briefly touch on that and say that the reason we saw Malik Willis fall that far is be- is simply because he's just not as good as a lot of people think he is right now. Again, I think he has the highest ceiling. Uh, he, he almost has like a, a Josh Allen type play style where he just can make huge plays out of nothing. Um, and, you know, he's, he's a pretty big guy too, and he's very mobile, but he's, he's not going to make a big impact right now. He needs to sit behind somebody. And I don't know if Ryan Tannehill's, the, Tannehill's the best guy to sit behind right now, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, you, you give him a shot uh, in training camp and maybe he, you know, he shows something, but yeah, he's, he's not pro ready right now. If you watch a lot of his film, he misses, wide open throws i, I saw a um i saw a clip from this past year where he had a post route literally wide open i mean both of the safeties came down and i think they were playing like a cover 2 and he 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 stared at the post route the whole time it got open and then, and then he just like tucked it and tried to run somewhere even though he had plenty of time so yeah he's just he's just not really pro ready um you know he needs to get better with his decision, decision-making. And that's why he fell. I mean, a lot of people, I was one of those guys that, I mean, I I drafted him at, at 19 to the saints in the mock draft. And I think I got stuck in the hype, but when he started falling, I started to realize I, I started, you know, doing more research on him and watching more film on him. And I started to realize this is exactly why he's dropping. If everybody watched film on him, they would, I think that they would realize, but it's just that he played for Liberty and, Nobody really watches Liberty's football games, so that's that's my take on uh, Malik Willis. Again, I I hope he does well in Tennessee. Um, I think it's honestly probably the best situation for him in terms of the other places that he might have gone, where he might have gone to like Seattle, where you know Drew Locke is the only other candidate for the quarter, for the quarterback position there, and then um, you know maybe Atlanta, he would be sitting behind Marcus Mariota, who sat behind. Ryan Tannehill so obviously that's not even you know that that's a worse quarterback to sit behind so yeah I think that overall Malik Willis is is in good hands in Tennessee he's going to be fine but that's definitely why he he dropped and I I see exactly why he slid this draft
1: yeah and I think the other thing to add on to that is that you know right he did play at Liberty now it's funny because you know Hayden and I are also obviously you know from Virginia and so you know Liberty is kind of there it's a little bit far away from us but you know it's 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 a school in Virginia, so it honestly, it's like it's around here. It's like, oh, we hear about liberty all the time because you know a lot of people go there, we have friends who go there, whatever. but you know for for everyone else in the country, it's like what what is liberty right? like where is this school? It actually is in the absolute middle of nowhere Virginia. um and so that's I think kind of where Hayden's a little bit going with or at least that I'm gonna add on the to to the point because I think he made a good one is that too, we gotta think back, man, like three years ago. He was at Auburn. He was recruited by Auburn. He went to Auburn and he got beat out by Bo Nix two years in a row. So he transferred and he transferred to Liberty. Now, obviously, right. You're going from, you know, Auburn, you know, classic SEC country, like, you know, biggest school there. Yes, clearly he has the talent to be able to, you know, to perform at that level of school. But he didn't even he didn't even win the starting job. And then he transferred. And obviously, he's a great athlete. So he made it happen at Liberty. But like the other thing is Liberty's not in a conference. They're an independent school. And so they can kind of decide whatever schedule they want to play each year. They're not playing, you know, a Big Ten schedule where you're facing up against Michigan State and Ohio State and, you know, and Penn State and all these other you know, great schools all the time nor is it the sec clearly, which he would have, you know, been doing at Auburn. Obviously we know all the great sec schools. So, you know, they ended up playing some of them were good. You know, some, some games they, you know, they played good competition. They had a lot of upsets, right. They beat, you know, I I think they beat, they beat NC state. They beat like Syracuse. They beat a bunch of like clearly, you know, power five teams, but they were also playing a lot of Sunbelt teams like coastal Carolina, Georgia state. Like, so I think that, you know, we get wrapped up in the athleticism and clearly he's the best athlete of any of the quarterbacks that were in this class. And that's the reason why he had so much hype that he was going to be the first one picked. But as he had mentioned, and I I do think the film some extent, like can can be biased, right? Because it's going to should just show all the amazing plays he had, and to some extent, right? If you're a quarterback at Liberty in independent conference, like you're going to look like Lamar Jackson, right? But it's like that's that's not what he is, um, and, and so there is definitely this an aspect here to where, it, it, you know, you kind of have to, I don't know, you you, you kind of have to think about like, yes, he he's the best athlete of any of the quarterbacks but is he like even close to having been played in, you know, in a, uh, in a competitive division and, you know, in a bunch of game meaningful, super meaningful games, really not that much, but I do think that's kind of the advantage of, you know, Tennessee. And I do like the Tennessee picked him. Obviously, as Hayden mentioned, I completely agree. It's not like he's going to be sitting behind Aaron Rodgers and learning all of his tricks. Right. I mean, it's Ryan Tannehill is like kind of whatever, Um, but Tannehill has been fine as a starter. And, you know, he's an NFL, he's a, he's a veteran NFL quarterback at this point. And at that point, like it, it, that's really all you need. Like if you're going to learn under a guy, like he's just kind of one of those guys that you would do it. So I think that he will have time to, to, to grow and he will have time to develop. And dude, honestly, like, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to fall, fall victim to all, to all the hype here, but like thinking about an offense that has like obviously, if Traylon Burks, you know, turns out to be amazing, basically just another version of AJ Brown. Obviously, I know that's a big stretch, but hey, let's assume that that happens. And then you have Malik Willis at quarterback and Derrick Henry at running back. Like that yeah. offense is going to be legit. Like that's yeah. going to be just fun to watch, right? This can be like another version of the Ravens. Um, and so I think that that's kind of where they're heading. I think that's kind of the the goal. The obviously the ideal scenario would kind of be that all working out. But yeah, I, I agree. Kind of when it with Hayden, when it comes to Malik Willis and then the other quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, I think that that was kind of the big story is that no, none of these teams reached for a quarterback. No, nobody fell victim to the, you know, to, to the, uh, I have to jump up and, and, you know, make a trade just to get this guy who probably won't be a starter for very long, or, you know, he may not turn out to be that good. And obviously, you know, we we say it all the time, if you want to be good in the NFL, you have to have a good quarterback. And so to some extent, the argument could be, you might as well just trade up for a quarterback every year because you never know who can, you know, turn out to have that Josh Allen type of leap into being such a great player. But at the same time, you can't have a court. We see it. We see it all the time when, you know, Jaguars like. Browns, like all these teams that have drafted quarterbacks in the, as the first pick, but don't have anything else around them. They're just going to suffer. Trevor Lawrence is probably a fine quarterback, but he looked horrible because he doesn't have anyone in his team. And so like, that's kind of the, the, the thing that you fall into is like, you kind of have to build a team first, then put the quarterback in and then see what you can do with that, because otherwise you're not going to have very much success. So I think that's where a lot of teams are starting to kind of realize, hey, let's build an offense, let's build a defense, then stick a quarterback in there. If he's not the franchise quarterback, that's fine. We can either draft someone else. We can trade for someone else. We can get a veteran guy in here. And it'll be fine, but it's better, I think, than like, you know, leveraging your entire future on a, you know, on a, on a pro style quarterback from the university of Pittsburgh, who's like kind of random, you know? So I think that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, I do, I honestly like the fact that all the teams, they, you know, the teams are pretty much just being stubborn about not taking any quarterbacks. And I think that the, obviously it was, it was not a great quarterback class. And we said that from the beginning, like next year is going to have, you know, Bryce Young and, and CJ Stroud, who are at this point before they even played their you know sophomore seasons they're both they're all they're both of them are better than all the quarterbacks that were available in this draft so like it also kind of depends on the year but I think that was kind of the overall story and I and I kind of like it that like there were some other position groups that got to shine there were other guys who got their names brought out to the you know into the spotlight who weren't the quarterbacks until the very end and and, and so I think that was kind of a I don't know I think just honestly like a it it wasn't like a star studded media thing, but I think that just for me personally, it was good to see kind of some other people get a chance and that the NFL teams were kind of just falling victim to, uh, to leveraging their whole future on, you know, on on a quarterback that probably won't turn out to be an NFL star by any means.
0: That's exactly right. And with that being said, let's move right into NBA because we got a lot of good, a lot of good talk out of the NFL. So moving into NBA now, we're going to give a little, quick update on which uh which series we got right in the first round and which series we got wrong it's gonna be pretty easy here because literally all the top seeds won which is a little bit surprising but also not really surprising um and yeah it's a little bit sad because my my nets got (laughs) absolutely swept in the first round which we have pretty much a whole topic about um yes we're gonna be talking about the nets yes you've probably heard so much about them but we, we need to talk about them because we are going to give a little bit of context, a little bit of background. Matt's going to kind of go over their plan that they've been hashing out um, over the past couple of years and kind of talk about that in context of what happened this year. And so it's going to be interesting to hear about that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I got all the first round teams, right. Except for the um, except for the nets. And so that's, yeah, it's a little bit sad to see that happen, but, uh, but I'm, I'm going to stick with my Pretty much all my picks. Um, if you guys haven't listened to that episode, I think it's episode 45 where we gave our, or maybe maybe episode 40, yeah, it was episode 45 where we gave all of our, uh, all of our NBA playoff picks. So if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and tune back to that because I'm just gonna really quickly go over my picks for the rest of the, um, the playoffs here. Which is I'm staying with Phoenix winning against Dallas, and then I'm staying with Golden State winning over Memphis. And then uh, I'm I'm going to stick with Philadelphia beating Miami just because I don't know. I mean, I, I, I want to stick to my guns here at least a little bit because my, my nets are out. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, again, like if there's one basketball team that I am going to root for, it's the Celtics, but I had to root against them because I picked the nets and I really, I actually really did think that the nets were going to win this series and they didn't win one game. So at this point, it's Boston all the way through, in my opinion. So I'm going to go Boston over Milwaukee here, and I'm going to go Boston onto the finals. I said whoever wins that series between Boston and Brooklyn was going to go to the, to the finals from the East, and I still believe that. Um, and then I've got Phoenix and um, Golden State in the, in the Western Conference finals, and I'm going to go Phoenix winning that. So it's going to be Phoenix and Boston in the finals. And I... I <sighs> Yeah. I th- actually, I'm going to change my pick here and I'm going to go Celtics to win the, the NBA finals. They're just so unstoppable. Um, and I think they got Rob Williams back. I think they did. Yeah, yeah. I think he's back for, for the second round and yeah, they like, they swept the nets without one of their best players, which is, I don't think a lot of people are giving them enough credit for that. They're giving enough credit to J- Jason Tatum. I'll tell you that, but they're not giving enough credit to, uh, how much Rob Williams meets their team? Obviously, it's it's like a John Morant situation. I think where like they're basically just as good without Rob Williams, but with Rob Williams, they're I mean they're they can't not be as good and they can't not be better. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Celtics to win it all. Matt, take it away with your picks.
1: Well, I, uh, Hayden had a much better first round than I did. I have more teams available cause he had the nets in the finals and I didn't, um, so, but yeah, I got, uh, I think I got four. I think I got four of the, four of the teams wrong. I chose the jazz. Obviously they lost. I chose the Raptors to beat the Celtics or the Raptors to beat the 76ers, which almost could have happened, especially with Joel Embiid, who is now basically out for the rest of the year. Um, which is, which kind of sucks for the 76ers for sure. Um, And then who else? I I think I picked the Nets. So I got that wrong. And then the uh, Timberwolves, I picked the Timberwolves, but obviously, I don't know if that was such a crazy series. I think the Timberwolves literally, they, they made me so mad. I hate watching those games. I think during that series, there were three games in which like, so three out of the four wins for the Grizzlies were games in which the Timberwolves were winning by 20 or more points and they ended up losing the game what are you talking about? That is like the ultimate choke job. Like of, I don't I, mean, I can't even understand that. Like what? So I, I don't know. I think the Timberwolves should have won the series. They should be moving on the playoffs, but I think either way, both of those teams are going to, they're going to face the Warriors team. That's, that's pretty much on fire right now. So yeah, in terms of who I have still moving on, obviously, like I said, all the teams that I had winning their second round uh, series and going to the conference, uh, what is it? Conference finals. I have all those teams still available. So um, I'm just kind of like, Hey, and I'm just going to keep going with it. So I have the Suns obviously beating the, uh, beating the Mavs. I have the warriors beating the Grizzlies. And then I have the heat beating the 76ers. And um, I think the books are going to be the Celtics. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be a whole separate topic actually just in a couple of minutes here. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, I, I don't know. I just think the books can, can do it. I think they did it last year. They won the championship and like defend like the Bucks, obviously the Celtics are really great defensively, and they've shown that they're, you know, okay, great. But like defending the Nets and defending the Bucks are two very different teams. If Chris Middleton is still injured, I I think that's a really big advantage for the Celtics. And, and we kind of won't really know, I think, until um, I think I think he's gonna be out for at least like the first couple games here. Or so and he's pretty much the second best scorer. So um, so we'll see with that. I, I do wanted to we're, we're gonna get the nets thing pretty much in, in and out pretty quickly um here. I think we got to look at the big picture with the Nets. All right. Obviously you've heard however many media stories about, you know, how this is, you know, this whole thing is it's, it's all. I, it's, so it's been basically three years. Okay. And in those three years, the Nets have won one playoff series. They won one playoff series in three years. They were the only team this year to not win a playoff game so far, they were the only team to get swept. And, and obviously they ran into a, a buzzsaw, which, you know, which is the Celtics. But at the end of the day, like you you have Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, arguably two of the top five players in the league right now. And you can win a game against a team that has, you know, maybe one of the top five players in the league right now. So I, that's kind of my thing. It, it was like, I think this experiment was doomed from the start, because if you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant on the same team, it can work. And obviously they love each other. That's kind of the weirdest thing that's come out of this is like, yeah. they're so supportive of each other. And they're like, yeah, we got this. We're going to run it back. We're going to, you know, do what we can, but it's like, I, I don't, I don't understand. And as much as, cause again, I gave Kyrie a lot of love the last time we talked about the, uh, you know, talked about the NBA and everything that was going on. I was like, that guy is so good at basketball, but he just can't like, sometimes you gotta have the person in your life to just like, tell you like, Hey, you, you, you kind of suck right now, <laughs> like get your stuff together, you know, all this stuff. And so I, that's kind of what was the point for me. And like, you heard him after literally like the team just got swept and they're like, what, like what went wrong? And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's, it, it's tough to gel. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to gel with a team when you only have like, you know, a couple of weeks to do it. You know, if we had this team together since October, you know, that would have been better. It's like Kyrie Irving, you're the one saying this, you're the one who was sitting out. You're the one who was like not obviously. You know the vaccine thing is is what it is, but it's like th- like you knew what the rules were in New York. Like you couldn't play any home games, so it's like why are you saying like it's not your fault? And obviously, he didn't say it was his fault, but, but it is. That's what I'm saying. It's like he's like oh well, you know, I'm gonna give this excuse as to why we didn't win, and it's because our team wasn't together enough. And it's like, but you're the reason that the team wasn't together enough. Yeah, like, what? he
0: he did say sorry. Um, he he will he he said sorry in the form of like it is kind of on me. He was, he was like, it is kind of my fault because I was the inconsistency in this yeah. team up until this point. But yeah, you're right. Like it's, he, he addressed that in a way that made it seem like he's not at fault for it, which again, we can't really put any fault on him because you know, the vaccine is, is his choice or whatever, but yeah, it's like, you can't talk about it that way. You got to give another reason rather than just like blaming it on something that you kind of caused. I agree with that.
1: Yeah. And then obviously there's James Harden who, you know, was there for like a hot second and then got out of there. And a lot of people are giving James Harden slack. Cause it's like, Oh, you know, like he didn't stick around. He's just disloyal. Like if he does, if everything's not perfect and he just leaves, but it's like, okay, let's look at this big picture. If you're James Harden and you just watch all of this, like all of these shenanigans, like this just the craziness that this whole situation is, what are you going to do? You're going to want to leave. Like, with all of the Kyrie Irving stuff, Kevin Durant's like hurt. He's on and off. He's like really great sometimes. And he's kind of not, um, you would want to leave too. And you know why you would want to leave is because the other piece of this pie is Ben Simmons, who has not played a game in over a year. And it's only going to continue. Like, what are we doing here? There was so Hayden was talking about Robert Williams earlier, Robert Williams, tore his what did he say T- tore his achilles right or something some, no no it was a it was a um, it meniscus yeah meniscus yeah. so he had a torn meniscus it had surgery rehabbed and came back and like that was all in the span of the playoffs and ben simmons didn't even play a single second of basketball there was like there there's all these crazy things yeah. like, Dude, tiger woods I'm- tiger woods has like broken both of his legs yeah. like hit, is that what you were gonna say
0: yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah, literally Tiger Woods is he 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 broke both of his legs and got in an almost fatal car crash and came back and played in the masters in a shorter amount of time than Ben Simmons has been away from basketball because he's too scared to play.
1: So the whole thing is crazy. And obviously, there's the you know, he's he's scared to shoot, he's scared to whatever he's made five three pointers in his entire NBA career. What are we doing, people? This is insane. I I don't understand. What's going, it's, it's horrible. It's honestly so bad. Um, but it's, it's, you know, then it's the back issue. Oh no, my back hurts. Like, do you realize? literally Joel Embiid had to be forced off of the court. He was playing with a torn ligament in his thumb on his shooting hand. And he's out there playing game six for his team so that they can win. And Ben Simmons like turns a little bit when he wakes up, he's like, ah, oh, guys, I can't, I can't do it today. What are we doing? So again, obviously I'm getting a little worked up about this. I, I it was doing from the start. There's no way that you can have that many just ultimate superstars on a team and expect it to work out when, you know, when, when there's clearly not like an, a, you know, an alpha, you know, in the room. Cause like, obviously LeBron has done this however many times he's gotten his, he's gotten his, you know, super team together with the three stars and they've done it. But like LeBron has always been the guy in all of those situations. And obviously if there is a guy to be the guy in the entire NBA, it's LeBron. So like, you know who the guy is, but in the, in, a, in a situation like this, it's like, who's the guy, like James Harden could be the guy, but also like Kevin Durant, the guy, but he's also really quiet. And then Ke- Kyrie Irving is probably the best basketball player between the two of them, but he's crazy. So it's like, how is he going to be the guy? You know? So it's like, there's all this stuff going on. And, and obviously that's why it didn't work out. So I think that we, we kind of have some clarity on that did we have too high of expectations for this team and this experiment and everything that happened? I don't think so. Um, I I think that if you had that combination of people, obviously, as I said, like looking back in hindsight, it's easy to say, yeah, you don't have a guy. And so it's fine, but going into it, we're all saying Hayden, you know, right. A minute at first up, it's like, you know, I, we all thought the nets were going to make it to the finals and here they are, you know, not having even won one playoff game. And so I think, you know, kind of the next question is where do we go from here? I think it's just going to be more of the same of what we saw this playoffs because James Harden has gone. Ben Simmons is not playing. I, I don't even expect him. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play another game in the NBA, or if it's, if he does, it's going to be like with the Kings or something. So what happens now? Well, I think Kyrie Irving and, and, and Kevin Durant are somehow like, you know, in love with each other or to some extent. And like, they'll keep going in this like weird cycle of like misfortune and I I, it's not going to be good whatever it is I think probably in terms of organizationally the next move is they're going to fire Steve Nash who has also come under fire for you know not game planning or anything at all and but but it's kind of like if you had those guys how are you going to gain like I don't know I, I I don't know enough about basketball to like make those decisions or not, but I think that that's probably going to be their next move. And so it is what it is like whatever coach they bring in, are they're going to magically change the organization and make Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, just like better players. No, they're already great players. They just can't get together and win a team uh, or win with this team. So that's, that's my, that's my thing about the Nets. Um, we're going to move on to the last topic here about the NBA, um, which is the Celtics bucks series. And I think there's a pretty good argument out there. Nobody's really talking about it yet that, Obviously, this could this could be the best series of the entire playoffs, including the finals and everything out there. But is there a legit? And I'll throw it to argument here. I'll throw it to Hayden here because he, you know he was talking about. Obviously, the Celtics are kind of his team, and, and then I was kind of mentioning I think the Bucs are still going to get the finals. But like, is there a legit argument here that the winner of this series can win the NBA championship?
0: I think yes. Uh, there, there's two sides of the argument, obviously, because there's two teams here. And the Celtics, I already kind of alluded to it when I was picking my when I was picking my games here earlier but uh yeah i think that the, like the celtics at this point they've shown me enough to the point where they can pretty much guard any player that you throw at them and maybe it was a net's fault for not really playing or not really adjusting to the way that the celtics were playing katie and kyrie but basically every time and i'm, I'm sorry i keep on talking about the nets but i kind of have to if i'm going to talk about the celtics because basically every time Katie got the ball. They sent two guys to go. They, they basically double teamed Katie the whole entire time. Same with Kyrie. They they always made sure that they had a guy in the lane to facilitate or to kind of help out the guy on the perimeter. So if Kyrie got past the guy on the perimeter, which is basically a given every time because Kyrie has the best handles in the NBA right now, if he got past that guy, then they would, you know, the inside guy would help out and everything and, you know, kind of um, take away that, that pull-up shot that that Kay, I mean, that mean Kyrie does so well. So, like, the Nets didn't really have an answer for that, and I, I kind of get that. Um, again, you know, Joe Harris didn't play at all, which was unfortunate, and he's kind of that guy that you kick out to on the outside, and he can, you know, he can make a three pretty much, you know, most of the time if, if, if you have a situation like that. But they also had the guys like, you know, Seth Curry out there who is a good three-point shooter as well, and, you know, they, they didn't really use him – I don't think as much as they could have. And so, yeah, I think that the bucks have some really good tape to look at um, from the, you know, from how the Celtics played the nets. And even though Giannis is a totally different player than KD, like Katie's very dominant, but Giannis is dominant, uh, physically dominant to the point where like, even if you double team him, he's still going to find a way to score, <laughs> like no matter what. And he's going to find a way to rebound and do everything. So that's where the 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 Bucks are unique, um, and I think that Matt has a good point saying that the Bucks do really have a chance to win this series. I think the Bucks have, I mean, you know, hindsight is is always twenty twenty, but saying it now, I, I definitely see why people would think that the Bucks have a better chance at beating the Celtics than than the Nets did at the time. I thought the Nets had a better chance, obviously, because I picked them, but it is what it is now. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think that like speaking from a, a point of view where we have, you know, the heat and the seventy seventy 76 76ers, by the way, I totally forgot that jo- Joel Embiid is, um, is out for the rest of the season. So I'm going to change my, my pick to the heat. I know I sound like a very bad um, follower of basketball right now, but yeah, again, I have, I've had draft on my mind for the past few days. So give me some slack here. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that we're going to see one of these teams, either the bucks or the, the Celtics come out of the East um, and then you know, I think we're gonna see the Suns come out of the West. It's either gonna be the Suns or like you could make a, a case for the Grizzlies at this point, I guess, but they're again, like Matt said, the Timberwolves actually played very well against them. It's just that the Grizzlies were able to come back from 20 points way too many times. And so I think we're you know, they've gotten a lot more hype than I think will give them fuel for the rest of the playoffs. So I don't I don't I think that we're probably going to see the, the Warriors um, pull that out. So in terms of like either of these teams going up uh, up against the Western teams, I do think that since the Bucks have experience from last year in the finals, if we do see a repeat of the finals from last year, I don't know I I, I truly don't know. Um, I'd like to say that the Suns will win at this time is if it is the Bucks and the Suns in the finals. I want to say that because I want you know I want Chris Paul to win one. Jay Crowder, um, you know, Devin Booker, even though he's, you know, got, got some injury problems. And so he might not even play for a long time. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, but I think that it definitely, like, it's definitely safe to say that if we were going to point to a series right now and say, okay, this is the series that we're going to see a champion come out of, it's definitely most likely going to be the, the, the bucks in the Celtics. So yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good uh, appraisal of it. But Matt, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think that at least the winner of this series will at least get out of the East. Um, I know that's kind of hating on Cause I don't think at this point, again, it's sad. I don't think the Sixers have a chance. Um, they would have to beat the heat and then either one of these teams to even make it to the finals without Joel Embiid, there's no chance. I know they have, you know, Tyrese Maxey's going off and, and obviously have James Harden and uh, you know, and, and a good team, you know, Tobias Harris and whatever, but without Joel Embiid, you, that team has no chance. And then you're kind of also brushing, you know, we're we're kind of brushing off the uh the heat there, who I think could beat both of these teams, but you know, if Jimmy Butler's, he's been having injury, you know, injury kind of you know throughout that series. Kyle Lowry's been out for however long now. So I think that just with the health status of both these teams, the the fact that they're you know, gonna go through this grueling series, I think whoever comes out is clearly gonna prove themselves as as the star. The Bucs are uh, so the sorry, the Celtics are actually very heavily favored. They are, I think the series so like if you were to bet the Celtics to win the series it's like minus 205 or minus 210 or something like that, which is like pretty they're like pretty heavy favorites. Um, so I think that and obviously that's because of what they just did the nets. And I think that, you know, I don't think that's an overreaction by any means, but I do think that the bucks have a legit shot to, to win this series because, you know, I think it really, like I said before, it really all hinges on Chris Middleton. Like he's, if he's out for the whole series, I think the, the Celtics will probably win, but if Chris Middleton's able to get back and he's putting up, you know, 20, 30 points a game, like that's, that's going to be tough to deal with for, from the Celtics' perspective. But yeah, I do think that whoever wins this series gets out of the East and then basically here's what i'm here's how i'm gonna put it i still think the Warriors are gonna win the championship i just they are like that's just they're my favorite right now the team is just is so is just locked in right now um and so i think that if it's anyone else let's put it this way i think the warriors are gonna beat. could they should beat everyone who's left in the playoffs right now pretty much you know whoever they face from the west Whoever they face from the East, I think the Warriors would win that series. If they somehow lose to the Grizzlies or to the Suns or the Mavericks or whoever they end up facing um, in 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 route to the finals, I think that the winner of the Celtics and Bucks series will win the championship. So that's kind of my my like either or theirs. Like I think the Warriors are going to beat everyone that I see you know left and left in the left in the playoffs. But if they go down somewhere, I don't think I don't think the Suns are going to win. I think it's going to be either the Celtics women, uh, or the Bucks. So that's kind of how I think things will shake out. Um, and obviously that's a lot of projections, but I, I, I don't know. I think, I think that's probably just the best kind of way that I can divide everything up right now, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be such a great series and, and obviously starts tomorrow, starts Sunday, uh, at, at 1 PM. So we're going to kind of, you know, this is the first, second round series that we're gonna to get to see. Um, and and so, you know, definitely gonna be a lot of primetime games here and, and everybody's gonna be tuning in uh to watch because it's going I, I think it's going to live up to the hype. And that was the funny thing is that we tried to make the Nets and Celtics series live up to the hype, but there was no hype because there were no wins by the Nets. So it was kind of you know it's kind of a wash. But I think that you know I think that obviously what the Celtics have shown how much they've improved over the course of kind of the end of the regular season and then obviously here in the first round of the playoffs they have they have the potential to, to win it all. Um but the bucks won it all last year. So that's I think why it's it's kind of the coolest. It's like the Celtics are probably the best team right now, or at least you know the hottest and playing the most together and whatever. But the Bucks won it all last year. They have what it takes and really they're missing every or they have everyone except for Chris Middleton. But you know, if, if he's able to come back, like it's going to be really great. So I'm, I'm definitely, definitely excited for it. Um, and, and obviously, you know, the rest of the series as well, but, uh, but yeah, I think this is just kind of a, you know, again, a little bit more of an under talked about subject is like, this is going to be such a great series, but it's because these teams have legit shot at winning the championship, each of them. So uh yeah, so definitely, definitely excited to watch it. And obviously it starts, starts pretty soon. Um, So uh, we'll, we'll probably have, Definitely have one game in the books, maybe even two. No, probably not two. So we'll, 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 be, we'll probably be able to recap some of this on, uh, on our Tuesday episode, uh, you know, coming up here down the road.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're going to be more um, kind of back on track here. We, again, during while I'm at college and, you know, Matt's been moving and he's been working and everything like that. So it's been pretty crazy. The The schedule over the past month or two has been pretty crazy um, really, I guess, three months because the semester lasts longer than it seems like. But yeah, it, the, the schedule is going to be more strictly back to Tuesday and, and Saturday. Again, there might be some changes here and there, but it won't be as often. You know, we we were kind of all over the place, honestly, the past couple months with, you know, some episodes on Wednesdays and Mondays and Sundays and everything like that. So it, we we were definitely all over the place, but we'll get. Um, kind of you know more i guess structured um now that we're heading into the late spring slash summer months where yeah i mean i'm I'm almost done with the semester i've got I've got finals left, and I've got a lot of projects and papers to do, but I mean, that's really on my own time, and so i'm not, I don't have classes and intramural football games to go to and you know meetings with classmates and everything like that so yeah i'll be I'll be pretty good to go here for. Um, for a good while so I'm really excited for this summer again this is this is kind of like the last episode before I'm I'm pretty much home for the summer so uh, so yeah next time next time we, re- we record I literally will be at home and not at college um, for the summer so that'll be that'll be pretty fun there and yeah really excited to get to it next episode you get you guys hear from us like Matt said Definitely going to be some NBA playoffs. Um, I don't really f- foresee much. Actually, um, NHL playoffs are starting what this week, right? This they coming start, week?
1: they start Monday. Yeah,
0: yeah, they start Monday.
1: It's actually so, so the series are decided now. We probably should have included topic on yeah. it. But they start Monday, so there'll be like a couple games played. We can definitely di- do do a deep dive in the NHL. That's a good a good thought there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I, I I was actually talking with one of my friends who likes hockey today, and he was talking about the playoffs starting on Monday. And I was like, dude, wow, that's crazy because we don't even have that on the plan for today for the podcast. But again, it's it's all good because we'll, uh, we'll give that to you guys on Tuesday as part of our NBA episode. So that'll be fun. And yeah, we are going to head on out of here. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Again, just keep on sharing with your friends and family trying to get this big. Um, I did plug the Twitter at the beginning of the episode. So hopefully if you guys have listened all the way until now, you guys have given that a follow because that's really where we're trying to where we're trying to set our base here. So, uh, so that's going to be that. And we're going to head into Tuesday with a full head of steam for both NHL and, uh, and NBA NBA playoffs. So stay tuned for that and we'll see you guys then.